0: Uh, (laughs) Let's get ready to
1: Good evening, Melrose. I'm Tom Catalini.
2: I'm Eugenie
0: Gibbons. And I am Steve Casella. The only one without a "Let's Talk Melrose" mug in my hand, apparently.
1: You're breaking your record. You had it last <laughs> week, but this <laughs> is, as the mug says, "This is Let's Talk Melrose." Melrose, a show where Melroseans talk to Melroseans about Melrose, mm-hmm. and there's a lot to talk about uh, this week. There's been. Oh boy, a- is there yeah there's been a lot of activity in town and uh you know all the regular city council and other meetings uh, a lot of them are covered on local television and it you know usually you watch and it they're they're kind of very procedural and calm but some some dust got stirred up starting last week in the city council uh, appropriations uh, committee uh and it, it it sort of became a um I don't know what the what the correct way to characterize it is, but an intense conversation last Thursday. And then so uh, many of us tuned in uh, last night to see what the resolution would be. And I would say it's uh, it maybe even got more intense and to the point where they they stopped the meeting because they ran out of uh, cloud storage disk space to record the meeting. So we're appreciative of that because everybody does want to see the content of the meeting. But it was something like four hours into this Mm. session. So um, I don't know, uh, S- Steve. Do you want to introduce to the audience kind of sort of what the gist of it was and, and where it started last week as maybe an an opening way to get into sure this?
0: yeah I mean the, basically the point of contention skipping through a lot of the procedural stuff was whether or not uh, twenty six thousand dollars of city money should be spent on either new firearms for the police. Or spent on um, diversity, equity, in- equity, and inclusion training for city uh, city workers. I mean, there are many other layers to it than that, but at the core, that's sort of what precipitated the uh, the intense back and forth. Um, there was, or I should say, that's the issue that was under that was that was underlying it. There was a lot of uh, there was, I think. Unnecessary drama, or there was a lot of drama that was introduced by the way that the budget proposal was put forth. Um, it was put forth at the last minute before a meeting on Thursday. Um, the councilors didn't really have time to discuss it, or it, in some cases, even really contemplate it prior to the meeting, according to them um, and the quotes that they've they've given to the media since. So, it 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 basically was put for the idea was put forth by the mayor at the at not quite the last minute, but hours before a meeting on Thursday. Um, The proposal was then voted through eight to three at the city council meeting. Uh, The proposal, I'm sorry, the proposal to- to Yeah, voted down, yes, to keep funding for the firearms and not do diversity, equity equity and inclusion funding at this point. Um, So so that's how it started.
1: Yeah, thanks, Steve. And I guess I would I I think the procedural stuff actually is uh, quite pertinent here, because I think the way that these things were introduced and the way that it came about did seem to shape the conversation. Uh, Several city councilors did say they felt sort of caught off guard by this memo from the mayor and you know some of the uh, the way that it came about i you know i think this is pretty routine appropriations of things and they've had a lot of big discussions on the budget but there was a submission that the mayor sent in uh, earlier in the month uh, that had this laid out one way and he asked for approval and then he changed his mind a couple of weeks later on that twenty six thousand dollar issue and i just got a hold of the mayor's memo today and so i just read it for the first time after watching these meetings and my read of it was um uh, it seemed to include a couple of the city councilors who were named in the letter. And the gist I took away, my read of it was that he really did not want to spend the money on firearms at this time, given what's going on with the, uh, w- with the the protests and the racial equity wow. marches We had one in Melrose here uh, recently. And, and so there was this um, call in the letter to say, Hey, I don't really know. I don't really have a specific pro- proposal. I don't have a vendor in mind, but I'd like it to go in this direction, uh, take it away from the police department, this funding, give it to the HR department, directionally for uh, I think anti-bias training or something. On the, I might have the term wrong, something like that. But when I actually got to read the letter, it was really to me like, don't spend the money on uh, guns, which had previously you know, uh, been advocated for. And just the gun issue, again, as I understand it, it's kind of a routine maintenance upgrade. The police, uh, part of their equipment is guns, as tools of the trade. The The set that they have now across the force is 14 years old. Uh, and about every 15 years, it seems that they replace them and they get upgrades. And it got technical on some of that stuff that I certainly don't understand. But that was my read of it. Do you think that's reasonable?
2: So I think the one thing that's worth mentioning is um, everything you guys said is accurate. Uh, the Appropriations Committee meeting did happen. And I guess the, the one thing you missed though is that um, there, and I spoke to this at the, pub, the public comment period at the city council meeting last night is there was some very uncomfortable rhetoric Um, thrown about during the Appropriations Committee meeting that at least for me was really more upsetting than the final eight to three vote um, in favor of replacing the firearms. And so the, I gather if social media is any indication, there was a fair amount of public um, pushback in response to that eight to three vote. And I think that the city council and probably the mayor probably heard a lot from uh, members of the community after Thursday's meeting, and over the weekend, so that when we went into the meeting on Monday, there was, um, it appeared as though there was already, you know, there there was frustration about how Thursday uh, went down, and then a very interesting discussion about um, sort of how to move forward, how to potentially move forward. So there is that one important piece, I think is just that the, the given the climate in the country at the moment, um, it is a really inopportune moment to have to purchase firearms, um, you know, for obvious reasons. And so there is that challenge between trying to figure out, you know, how do we make sure that our police department has the equipment that they need? And how do we also demonstrate that we're not tone deaf to what's happening in the broader society? And how do we apply some of those those ideas and compassion here in Melrose. It's really unfortunate that it went down the way it did. I think it was um, inaccurately cast as police versus anti police, you know, guns versus anti bias training, you know, all of these false dichotomies that were thrown out there that really sort of derailed the conversation and distracted from the real point, which is at the end of the day. We have a budget, (laughs) municipal budget that needs to be approved by a certain date. And this was a discussion around not even a budget line item, but um, the expenditure of free cash at the end of the year.
1: So. Right. So I think so. I'll share a little bit of of my what I think is knowledge and correct me where I'm wrong about procedurally kind of how this uh, works. So the mayor and the executive branch here in the city is responsible for proposing uh, specific budgets with line items populated and the city council uh kind of votes that up or down i don't think traditionally they do a lot of line item adjustments so they may not even be empowered to do that so there there are a couple issues at play one is like you vote on the but you present the budget it gets you you negotiate the city council it gets voted so it it has a projection of revenue, a projection of expenses at the end of the year it doesn't other projections aren't always accurate, so we end up with i think in Melrose, two or three million dollars is not insignificant amount of money in what they call free cash sort of left over so we thought we were going to fill all these positions, but we didn't fill them all for the entire year or we thought we were going to spend money here, or we thought we were going to get x amount of tax revenue, but we got more from the state or whatever. So this free cash happens every year. And I think part of the issue with the, uh, the the equipment upgrade for the police was it was, for whatever reason, not included in the uh, fiscal year 20 budget. And the plan was to spend as part of this two or $3 million spend in free cash at the end of the year. So there's that issue. And then what it got into uh, last night was a debate about the fiscal year 21 budget proposal. And I thought a very odd, thing I was trying to follow where uh, one of the city councillors had proposed to reduce the bottom line of the budget by 250,000 so there was almost like a a uh, position by the mayor to to try and reallocate 26,000 and the city council my view of it felt caught off guard was upset this divisive conversation happened sort of uh, a group of them came back over the top said well let's just go 10x that amount and had a non-specific proposal to reduce the bottom line of the budget, which didn't make any sense to me because it felt like um, if you reduce the budget, you're you're taking away access to that money. You're not adding anything and you're not uh, depleting any specific line items. And what I thought was odd, again, procedurally, I do get hung up on the procedures because I think the way these things go about Never mind the rhetoric; just the procedural stuff is sort of important. What I thought was odd was the city auditor was in the audience, and they had an option to uh, have him weigh in on whether that would be an even a valid motion. And they actually voted that down; like they didn't want to hear that weigh in. And they then the conversation went on uh, for hours after that. So they were sort of debating this. Uh, in my view, my read of it, my limited understanding, sort of an invalid uh, motion. So. I thought I was surprised things seemed to go in that direction, uh, sort of from bad to worse, if I'm going to characterize it between Thursday and last night. Uh, And I was kind of surprised by that, a little confused by that. And I think some of the counselors themselves were a little uh, caught off guard by just the the way that that conversation went. Some seemed to be prepared to advocate, you know, uh, with a strong positions on either side, and some seemed a little caught in the middle, my read of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think emotions were definitely running high last night. And um, there. who knows how the conversation would have ended because we ran out of disk space. (laughs) And so maybe that was the universe intervening and saying everybody take a breather and let's let cooler heads prevail. I remain the eternal optimist and and confident that uh, we'll be able to that the city council and the mayor and the community as a whole will be able to come up with a proposal that we can all support and move forward on. Um, but I think that it just, it unfortunately uh, devolved into um, a really, um, I don't want to say heated, it wasn't heated, it was a very emotional exchange. And I think it's important to remember, probably even for the city councilors to remember, that, you know, <laughs> we're They're six months into their first term, most of them. Um, it's six months into Mayor Broder's first term as mayor. Um, it, we're in the middle of a pandemic. They've been working on trying to finalize the budget for multiple days a week, uh, multiple meetings per week for multiple weeks. Um, we are in the middle of so many things happening at once that it just, it was, it, it, everything came to a head. And unfortunately it came to a head around an issue that isn't a, a very emotionally charged and understandably so um, topic. And so I, I have faith that we'll be able to move forward from here, but um, yeah, procedures seemed to go out the window. Um, ability to have a conversation or a dialogue was kind of, I don't know what you would call. It that
1: I night. have. Uh, by the way, we met just before the show went on the air. The audience should know we have suspended Rule 13 for this meeting. So <laughs> <laughs> we Do we have use... enough
0: disk space, Tom? Because I know that that's also an issue that seems to be coming up more and more. MM,
1: MMTV is unloading the full arsenal on uh, to support LTMM, and so we're unlimited. We might have to go from you know 4K down to high def or something like that. But we're gonna we we're here all night, whatever it takes.
0: Yeah, we joke about it because, of course, that's how and why the meeting ended with no vote is because they ran out of cloud storage space. No
1: vote b- on a motion. Particular no meeting. No vote on
2: a motion. It wasn't even a vote on the actual budget. It ended on no, they ended up having to withdraw the motion.
1: Yeah, yeah Motion, <laughs> um, I, I, I think guess, was, was, it was invalid, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> we, need to, we need to get our parliamentarian in here for next week's show, the official Let's Talk Melrose parliamentarian. Um, Can but I what Yeah. Go, oh, go no, ahead.
2: go ahead, Steve. Oh, and no, I was going to.
0: I'm going to say that some of it, I think we we need um, to stay focused on getting the job done and getting the issue done in Melrose. I mean, because I think it's pretty clear from you know, what's going on these days that, that everybody knows or the vast majority of people in Melrose know that the EI training needs to happen and must happen. Um, What, you know, but I also think that it's, that it's perhaps a lesson. I hope that there is some lessons learned among the the new council and um, the new mayor, just in terms of working together and trying to make, be sure that this kind of train wreck doesn't happen again. (laughs) You know, that people have a warning, have warning when they're going to be asked to, to, asked to, discuss an open session and what are very clearly and obviously going to be incredibly emotionally charged issues. You know, this is something that I think people deserve to have warning about. And I I have some sympathy for the emotions of the counselors as far as what they were experiencing afterwards. Um, You know, what what they sort of heard from the constituents. I
2: have sympathy for folks too, but I also feel like, and I don't want to rehash last Thursday, but folks came out swinging at the meeting on Thursday. So I tend to kind of look past this argument that we were caught off guard and we didn't have enough info. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. And I agree that like, if there's a way to, um, you know, bring folks along and collaborate more than I'm off, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. But I think what came up yesterday and what contributed to the ongoing tension was, um, you know, there were some things that were offensive and, and apologies were offered yesterday for the offensive language that was used on Thursday. And that was appreciated. But the idea that like this all stemmed from, um, a delayed receipt of a memo just couldn't, there's obviously some other things happening that we're not privy to. And that's fine. I don't, I don't want to know what's going on, but.
1: Eugenia, I thought that was fair criticism. You know, the counselors are volunteers, they're working full time to send a memo over one in the afternoon, you don't get a chance till five, six o'clock to read it. And and these folks are doing multi hour, you know, multi committee meetings every week. Uh, And I think, you know, and it's, and it's really a different, it's not the cadence of these things. So to have it come up uh, that way, I guess two thoughts I had. I was surprised uh, the mayor or a representative wasn't there, just given that it was a tight turnaround and, and predictably a, a sensitive topic or something that you might not fully expect uh, a letter to convey all the nuance uh, uh, you know that, that you want to convey um, at that time. So I was sort of surprised in that, but I'm, I'm also with you in that. I don't want to speculate as to why but i think the city council has a choice in how to respond so they have power too right so that uh, the mayor can submit these things they don't have to take it up and discuss it and vote on it that night they could shift the schedule they could not hear it they could table it they could do some other things and that's something i see around town at the at some of these official committees that i would like some of these committees to to leverage their strength a little bit uh better in those situations i'd like to see more balance the city council i think is co-equal to the mayor as i understand it i have my uh, issues with the school committee and the way that they position themselves uh relative to the superintendent you know the superintendent is supposed to report to the school committee when i watch the meetings it doesn't always feel like that so uh part of it is i think you know we do have new members but also like to really appreciate that that role um you know it has weight and there are options and there are ways you could uh you could respond differently
2: yeah and that could again be speak to the sense of urgency that the city council is feeling to try to move forward to pass a budget or approve a budget it could be the stress and the strain of you know doing all the things we're all doing during covid and also trying to be a city councilor. um I don't know i don't want to be a monday morning quarterback i'm just saying it could have gone down and i think everybody said last night they agreed it should have gone down differently on everybody's end but we are where we are and so i am just hopeful that we can uh and i think we can um move forward with a strategy and a plan together because as steve noted at the end of the day the community is really uh there's broad-based support to try to prioritize or to get behind a proposal to pri- prioritize um, real investment in diversity, equity, and inclusion um, planning, strategic planning, training, whatever it is for the city of Melrose. And everyone around the, ta- the city council table has been very clear that they support that. Obviously, the mayor supports that he wouldn't have put forth the proposal if he didn't. Um, there just seem to be some hurt feelings that need to be mended. <laughs> um, but what I was gonna ask is why this is this is where I really wish that there weren't so many formal rules and procedures that governed some of these conversations. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, like folks really need to just have a conversation and then in that space they are obligated to follow Robert's rules of order, <laughs> which are so cryptic. So and certainly not conducive. Yeah, I, I, I
1: think that's the that's the other side. Uh, open meeting law cuts uh, both ways. So, you know, they can't have, uh, there's only a couple of them or what a small or less than a majority, I'm sure can even discuss things uh, offline without being in view of the public. And that's to p- protect the public's interests. But I'm with you. It makes it, harder to have that natural conversation flow which is why they suspended this rule 13 which had a lot of restrictions on time limits and all of that which also sort of let it become a lengthy meeting but uh i do want to say that i'm with you eugenia and that i'm optimistic right i think everybody understands uh d- well it seems to me directionally everybody's kind of on the same page right so we're sort of fighting over the the, the way it was done the hurt feelings i that seemed to be clear to me I'm hopeful, actually, that we could uh, dust ourselves off, uh, virtually shake some hands or touch elbows, whatever the thi- whatever the thing is you do in COVID, and actually just kind of drop that and move forward. What I, I, it's clearly no way to do business uh, in town, uh, and I think. I'm hoping we can get past that. To me, it's, you know, we can get a fresh start and continue the conversation. I think it was good that they ran out of disk space after four hours and <laughs> give everybody a chance to to breathe. And so they do have to schedule another session. But I don't see, and maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm too hopeful or optimistic like you, but I don't see why uh, we couldn't get that together as a group. I do think the mayor needs to be in directly in the conversation. I was surprised he wasn't there last night again, to sort of represent that side of it. And uh, I'm sure there's a number of reasons why for that. But I think if you get everybody in the same room to calm down, take a breath, uh, I'm hoping at this point, I was surprised between Thursday and yesterday, it didn't seem to happen. But I think there was more to process, uh, particularly uh, given the the public feedback. But I'm with you. I'm hopeful that, that that can move forward in a constructive way. That's what we need here in Melrose, I don't know, maybe we'll have everybody on the show. We'll do a, a live panel with the full city council and the mayor. And uh, we could, uh, we, oh, right here, we'll, we'll we've got- city council
2: but, meeting with Let's Talk Melrose Melrose.
1: Oh no, no, no. What could possibly let's, go wrong? I, yeah, this is a let's- There's is a not let's,
2: enough disk space in the world for that. There's a
1: let's, this is a Let's Talk Melrose Melrose meeting and our rules will govern the procedures and we'll, uh, we'll see right through <laughs> it and we'll, uh, we'll get it all straightened out.
2: Yeah, that sounds fun. No, that does sound fun. (laughs) So, listen, I said last night, and I'll say it again I don't envy the position that any one of the 11 people who were around that virtual table um, found themselves last night. And um, that's why I'm on this show, (laughs) not in city council.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard job, and it's just regular people doing their best to try and uh, do this work for the city. And, uh, you know, they do a lot of stuff that we're not paying attention to. That's important mechanics of running it and keeping things running smoothly. Every once in a while, something like this bubbles up and it gets everybody's attention. It gets everybody all riled up, which in a way is good. I think it's good that the discussion does a- end up engaging the public. And I think there's a way forward here, uh, you know, to, to smooth it yeah. all out.
2: You know, the other thing is, uh, Steve, you and I have talked about this a little bit, too, is, you know, this this all stems from the discussion of how to get the budget passed. And that's certainly not unique to Melrose. I mean, even at the state level, our legislature is trying to figure out how to finalize the state budget, which has been affected, like in Melrose, by, um, you know, COVID and um, the fact that the income tax... Um, the tax deadline was pushed back until June. And so, you know, who knows what the losses might be from, from that. They won't know yet because they haven't, you
0: know.
1: Um, I hope yeah. the tax deadline is July because I haven't filed yet. So.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> Eugenia is right, though. I mean, it. it I, I think it's introduced budgetary uncertainties at pretty much every level. You mm-hmm. know, sales tax being down, you know, means that the state doesn't – necessarily know what they have. That means that everybody, municipalities, the MBTA, you know, all the various authorities that count on the state for funding don't really know what they have. So everyone's trying to create this, but create a budget with you know, there's some things that, you know, some things, you know, you can kind of control property taxes in a certain way, but there's also just a huge black box. That's a big entry into the budget line. So I, I think that I just want to, uh, perhaps close this by echoing what Tom said and just saying that this is a hard job and they do a lot of work when no one's watching on stuff that's really important and keeps life moving forward. Um, and this is something that, uh, that is, I think probably gonna, it seems like it's going to come towards some sort of favorable rev- resolution. So wouldn't want this segment to end thinking that that we don't appreciate the work that they all do, because certainly we do. Absolutely.
2: And I'm glad yeah, they're well, doing so- it and not
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> we just get to sit on the sidelines and drink wine and talk on TV. So mm-hmm. we have it.
1: the disc, we have the disc space, but not the patients and we have a different set. Can
0: you imagine
2: what that would look like if all if of we our whole team, were, basically, if we just turned the cameras on for one of our prep meetings, it would, like, <laughs> make yesterday look like a walk in the park.
0: <laughs> Listen, i We get I'm fired not... from our jobs, first of all. That'd be the first That's thing that true. Right.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> first of all, and I'm not going to be in a four-hour meeting without sound effects. That's true.
2: That's also true.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I also,
2: think... I need to be able to curse occasionally, so-
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's they true. should be. They, I think they're free to swear. They don't do it, and everybody dresses so nice for the meeting. That's the other thing. It's like a Zoom meeting or a WebEx meeting, and I was like, wow, everybody dresses so nice, and they take <laughs> eleven thirty at night. They're
2: all still in suit and tie. Uh, I would, yeah. enc- I would.
1: Uh, so we could consult. So I would encourage swearing. I think that would have helped process the emotions. Uh, I think sound effects would help, mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe give away prizes to the audience. I don't know something That's to uh, keep. Take the- a raffle. random caller. Yeah, I know they took our phone. We can't take callers anymore. But uh, yeah, taking callers well, that's that's tough. Uh, that committee. Although I'd said the public participation was was very good. A number of people spoke very very well uh, at that meeting um, when they when they kicked it off with public participation. It was nice to hear the community speak out in that way.
2: Yeah, it was great.
1: Okay, so sorry, Steve. Go ahead. Nope, didn't say a word. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, so usually we talk about a win of the week, so I definitely want to share some more positive news coming out of Melrose, and uh, you'll relate to this. So this right here is a commissioned piece of art. This is a, a clay statue of my cat, Frankie. This is Clay Frankie, and I want to give a shout out, and we'll put a link on the uh, page here, to uh, Charlotte Tysel, who's a Melrose High School student who... Uh, commissions artwork on Instagram, and she'll do like embroidery or a statue or whatever of your pet. And it looks exactly like my cat. I can't get over how awesome this was. So we've got local arts, we've got e-commerce, we've got porch pickups, touchless transactions, all happening, keeping everybody happy. And Steve, you might need something soon, right? Didn't you have? That's uh right.
0: I have a win of the week and I was uh, just seeing if we could get our win of the week here on the show on Let's Talk Melrose for her exclusive worldwide debut and it looks like we can she is being made available right now this <laughs> this is Judy Judy Jetson she's 12 <laughs> weeks old and she's our new, uh, our new family member oh, is she's a
1: He is cute she's, she's, a little,
0: she's a little tired at the moment so I, I think she's going to probably leave the show without comment
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you you might need a statue or an embroidered pillow soon so i'm going to send you that link and uh you can memorialize uh judy give her a pillow to lie on with her own picture on it yeah eugenia anything any uh any win of the week you want to share before we wrap oh. oh my god we're two minutes early what's going on here this i is... don't know i actually hadn't put thought into a win of the week i'm sorry um no I think my win is your com- <laughs> your comment last night was, I think, very eloquent and spoke uh, very well to the to the issues. I, I did spend a lot of time reading the articles and watching the meetings. And I think um, I can't repeat what you said uh, necessarily. But I remember uh, sitting here nodding quite a bit because you spoke to the bigger picture and the issue uh, and the the uh, how we can move forward uh, quite well. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, I. Uh... I'm going to say, I'm going to be optimistic. And as Tom Shampoo just noted, that's my win. Eternal (laughs) optimism is my win.
0: I think we have reason for optimism this week too, particularly if I can uh, take a moment of privilege and do two wins, which is that I'm, I'm watching this, the daily statistics come in and there has, well, in many parts of the country, you know, unfortunately they're going back up here in Massachusetts. We're continuing to see the, um, all, all of the numbers go down, hospitalizations and new infections and, and everything. So I feel like that's another big reason for optimism here in a time when we really need it. So um, I'll take two, two wins of the week. There we go.
1: Nice. Well, well done. All right, so I guess we will see you around town.